Welcome back to Black Women Voices. You are tuned in to Season 2, Episode 6, where we're going to be talking about side hustles with none other than Arielle Sunshine Williams, who is a student affairs professional and scholar practitioner. She is currently completing a PhD program in higher education administration. During her first year of the program, she published a book entitled Broke Girls Travel 2. However, the book has since been revamped and will relaunch this year. The book is designed to encourage students to travel on a budget while in college at any level of degree. As one side hustle, the book sells were a great source of additional income, but the new focus will go into funding passport scholarships. In addition to that, she has another long-standing side hustle in which she began at a young age. She is a hairstylist that focuses on natural and protective hairstyles for black women for over 20 years. She wholeheartedly believes in diversifying her income, including hosting for Airbnb and driving for Uber. She has a huge passion for traveling and the extra money helps to defer costs and increase her ability to travel the world. So stay tuned in as we chat with Miss Sunshine. Welcome back to Black Women Voices. This is season two and we are now on episode six. This is your co-host Jasmine, Dr. K, and Valerie J. And we are here today with our amazing guest, Miss Arielle Williams. Um, thank you so much for joining us today on Black Women Voices. And so today our topic is side hustles, which can we just talk about how timely this topic is in a sense yeah. of everything that's going on with the coronavirus? Right. Yeah, big Rona. <laughs> the big Rona, the big Rona, the little Rona. Sorry, y'all, that's my cake. My cake just got done. <laughs> <laughs> well, make sure that's not wrong that. with it. What I heard <laughs> you say was your side hustle just got done. That's right. what I, my side hustle just got done. <laughs> Timely. Baking cakes. People trying to figure out what they can do because that $1,200 ain't going to be enough, boo. Right. I'm like, who is that going to cover? Right. And we really don't even know when we're getting it. If we're getting it right, um, Miss Williams, can you just kind of talk about what type of side hustles you have? Do you have a side hustle? How long have you side hustled? How did you fall into your side hustle? Sure. <clears throat> okay. So my my longest mainstaying side hustle is I do hair. Um, I've been a hairstylist since I was a child, um, and I actually worked all the way up until undergrad and then I stopped while I was in school I did my own hair for every occasion but I stopped doing it for income uh, while I was in undergrad but then I picked it back up once I graduated because I just wasn't making enough money <laughs> um, and I really have a passion for uh, doing hair and so I really stick to more of uh, braiding and natural hairstyles and protective hairstyling for black women <laughs> and um, my prices have changed and especially when I moved to California I had to uh, rethink how I wanted to approach it and there was a lot of uh, debate that I had going back and forth in the beginning because LA is a very different beast in the south um, so prices location working in a salon or working from home like all of that came into play um, and so what I did was I decided to, to be a traveling hairstylist so I went to my clients instead of having to pay uh, booth rent or anything like that so I basically kept all of my profit uh, from doing people's hair. So that's one of my, my biggest ones. Um, when I was in Louisiana during the, during the very last semester of my, um, <clears throat> my classwork for my PhD, 
I started driving for Lyft and Uber and I actually had a friend put me onto that. And when I moved to LA, I wasn't getting hired fast enough in the field. And so I made that a full-time income. So I was driving for Uber all day, every day, and I was making way more bank than I was in Louisiana. So it was awesome. Um, and then I also have a book that I published. And so that was money that was coming in on the side. And I'm about to republish the second edition of that. And so that'll be <clears throat> a source of income. And then also in addition to that, it's a part of my nonprofit and there'll be a merch line, which will also have income coming in from that. You've got all the income. I got a question. <laughs> I was like, um, when do we have time to do your real job? Um, <laughs> <laughs> How do you balance all of that? That's a, that's a, I mean, it sounds like you've done different things at different points in your life, but. Mm -hmm. So I think as far as the balance comes from, so for the, when I was first selling the book, that one was very, um, at events, presentations, things like that. So it was very easy to sell in person. Um, and then I did have the online sales that were coming in. So you get the, um, the royalties that come through the mail essentially. So that is kind of like a passive income that you can manage. Like once you get the book out there, posting on Instagram, posting to social media, like people know that it's available, that doesn't take too much of your time. And then you have that residual income coming in. As far as hair styling goes, so I still do it right now while I have my full-time job, but I only do it on nights and weekends. Whereas before I would kind of really accommodate my client's schedule, but now they have to work around mine. Um, And so I have a very loyal clientele um which is awesome because they've stayed with me all the way through the transition of working full-time um but they have adjusted to uh nights and weekends and then as far as uber goes i was doing that pretty much i was when i transitioned into my new job it was around the holiday time so (laughs) i was off work but still still able to work like the same that I was before I started the full-time job. So I was able to make twice as much money because I had that regular check. Wow. But then once, you know, January came around, I was really having to focus on my dissertation and work. So I wasn't driving as much. So I would just keep it to like three days. So Friday, Saturday, Sunday, because in LA, it the weekend is one of the most popping times to be able to do that. It's a great opportunity to <clears throat> make money out here. So, so yeah, so you just kind of make it work essentially. Like, Especially, like, I also like to travel a lot. That's one of my passions. And in order to be able to afford all of my trips, because I travel a lot, um, I need to have extra money just coming in just to be able to use how I want to. So when you've got a trip coming up, you figure out how to make the extra money um, and the time to to, uh, accommodate getting all of these things done. What's your book about? Okay, so. Okay, go ahead. I was like, oh. Yeah, okay. So um, my book is actually about traveling. I, uh, my first year of my PhD program, I published this book and it was because a lot of my colleagues kept asking me, you know, how are you able to do all these trips? You're always gone. Like we don't make any money with these GA positions. Like what's going on? And I'm like, well, let me just put it in, put it down on paper. Uh, and I ended up writing the book in like a month, I think. Um, it didn't take me that long. Um, and uh, it, the first title was Broke Girls Travel Too. And you can still find that on Amazon, um, but I took took it down so that it, like you can't actually order it anymore. Um, and the new title uh, is the title of the nonprofit, which is always traveling, and the always is with the Z. 
Um, and so it basically has resources, um, tips, my experiences on how to travel, how to make it work while you're a college student and at all levels. So being undergrad, grad, um, and through that, throughout the PhD, just trying to make sure that you can afford to go places. And a lot of people, like, one of the things that's for me is, like, I see that a lot of students of color don't travel. They don't have passports. They think that it's too expensive. Um, they probably never went abroad, uh, like, to study abroad during undergrad. And they don't know what other opportunities are out there. And so I really wanted to create this resource uh, for people who look like me to know that they could do what I'm doing and that it's not unattainable. Like a lot of people think that flights are crazy. And even before Rona, <laughs> um, flights were not that expensive. Like I was coming to LA from New Orleans. Um, I came one, one semester, I came uh, six times. In one semester, like I was just out here all the time because my family lives here and I just really didn't like uh, Baton Rouge. So I was flying on Spirit Airlines, who I have no issues with. A lot of people <laughs> like to throw Spirit under the bus. But Spirit, <laughs> hold your girl down, okay? I don't and need they get you there. bags. I Amen. take what I need to get through the weekend and I bring my butt back home. Um, but yeah, so just, uh, it's a, the book is, is related to trying to get more students of color to travel domestically and internationally. So, so... <laughs> Well, I, I just have a question. Kind of one like, at a time, ladies. Go ahead. No, Clamoring. <laughs> so it just sounds like you, there's kind of, you have like multiple irons kind of in the fire. Um, so how, how do you do all of those side hustles and not get burnt out while doing them? Like, is like, what does that look like? Is, is it a situation to where you do the one that feels that's feeding you the most or like, what do you, how, how are you, so it's a balance, but then also how are you doing that to where it's not burning you out, but it's supposed to be also feeding you? So that's a great question. So I think for me, my side hustles, besides Uber, um, <clears throat> the, the, my nonprofit with the book and the merch and then the hair, those are all things that I'm really passionate about. Like I really enjoy doing hair and I really enjoy getting people to travel. Like I can talk about traveling all day. Um, so because they're fun for me and I love doing them, I think it's not exhausting me. Um, now granted doing hair, especially if I'm doing braids on, or locks, those can take a long time. So my back will hurt, but you know, I take a nap or I, you know, take some medicine and I'm good to go. So, you know, you just kind of like weigh the pros and cons, but for me, I'm really passionate about those things. Now with Uber though, the way that Uber works and the way that that money comes in, I just get up and go. Okay, <laughs> like, like they want to keep sending me this money. I'm going to get out there and make this money because honestly, like, there was one point where I made a thousand dollars in three days, and yeah, mm -hmm, that face. <laughs> so because of that, I was quickly like, can I get certified? So, and this is the thing, though. So I live in Los Angeles, so this is a very this is a large city. There's a lot of people. Most people do not have cars out here. And even if they do, they don't want to deal with the parking. So for me, this particular city is a great place to drive for Uber or Lyft. Like, it, it's great. Um, when I was doing it in Baton Rouge, I wasn't seeing this type of money. But, um, but now, well, right now, we're not driving for Uber because there's no one outside but <laughs> but that the income was so great and especially during the holidays they do a lot of bonuses um and they give you like all these extra incentives and so it makes it worth it um but uh i think also too so just on a personal note for myself i'm also very organized like i keep a, a color coordinated calendar and i break down my time that way and what i 
put energy into. And so I have this rule where I try to work on all my things at least once a day. Um, and I spread it out throughout the week. Um, so like, for example, if I want to work on my book, I put a couple hours on my calendar. If I want to work on my podcast, I put a couple hours on the calendar. If I want to drive for Uber, I put it on the calendar and I try not to spread myself too thin. Or if I recognize that I'm getting tired, I honor that and I take a break. Um, and I feel like some people try to work themselves into the ground or they lose sleep. And one thing I don't play about is my sleep. Like I'm always going to have enough rest because if I'm tired or exhausted, I can't give my best the next day. And I, I have this rule about not pouring from an empty cup. Come on. Yes. Yes, ma'am. I love that. <laughs> did, did y'all catch that when she gave the title of her book, she said, always traveling and always with the juice? Yes. <laughs> I said it's y'all centennial. We call it. Have it. We will I, let I, you slide. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, you know, since been trying to mess up stuff, I just want to get recognition. <laughs> always with a Z, and that is because I am a member of Zeta Phi Beta Sorority Incorporated. <laughs> and I and I pretty much maintained that from the first book. The first book was Broke Girls with a Z, and I didn't want to lose that. So being able to still incorporate that moving forward um, was important to me. So beautiful. That's dope. So, Ariel, can you speak to, you kind of said or mentioned a little bit earlier um, about royalties for your book. Can you just kind of share what that means um, and how that works for those who may be interested in or are currently writing a book? Absolutely. Um, So one of the things that I did um, is that I self-published. So I didn't go through a large company. I didn't try to get a book deal or anything like that. I actually had a friend um, who was in my same PhD program. Um, he self-published a little bit before I did. Um, and so I just asked him a bunch of questions and tried to figure out the process. And I ended up going with, I'll figure it out and I'll tell y'all. But there's a, there was a, 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 a platform that was under Amazon and they got bought out. And now their new platform is called Book Baby. But essentially what you do is you create the document, basically, a word document of what story you're trying to tell to the people and um, you upload it and you can either create your cover yourself or um, they'll make the cover for you and then they'll put you on platforms to sell your book now there's two options you can sell it through these online platforms so through amazon through different distributors barnes and noble things like that um you can have a link on your website link through your instagram whatever so they're going to basically take a large chunk of whatever you price your book at and then give you a little bit of that money that you made and send it back to you. And so depending on the service, they may take, they may give you a portion once a month. They may give you a portion on a weekly basis, but that's up to you on how we set that up. Um, excuse me. Or you can buy your books in bulk and then sell them yourself. And then, and personally I found that that was a better way to see more of a profit from the books because Let's say um, I priced the books at, I think my books were $20 the first time, and you pay you uh, pay for them like $2 a book when they ship them to your house. So I was making an $18 profit on the book, whereas when I was selling it through Amazon, I was seeing pretty much pennies on the dollar. It wasn't worth it to me. Um, but, you know, it just kind of depends on what, you, what your focus is, if you just want your product to be out there or if you're actually trying to make it income from it. But essentially, they just send you, um, they send you like a check kind of receipt through your email and then they put the deposit into your bank account that you have connected to it. Okay. 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 Okay.
for the books that you had mailed to you, did you do like a pre-order before you ordered them? Um, so so when you do it um you can do like author copies and you can see like a, a basically like a pre-version of what the book will look like before it goes on the shelves um i because i changed my cover like three times i ended up having like three author copies um and that gives you also a chance to proofread to see how things lay out in the book things like that um but then once i really wanted the, the finished version i had those shipped to my house and i didn't see the i didn't see like a pre before i ordered that i just was like this is it send them to me. Um, I think I had ordered like a hundred copies at that time. I was using like financial aid money and I was like, let me just get all the books. So I had a large box sent to me and then I went to chapter the next day and was like, Sora, support me. <laughs> get this yeah. book for me. Um, and then that that was a, a kind of the quicker way of seeing that, that income come in. You know, getting that royalty check in the mail is amazing. And, and so I did a, I published like a, a children's book a long time ago. And then oh, awesome. in January, like a check came and I was like, this book still selling? Nope. <laughs> that is a, a very passive way to earn income. And I think yeah, that, yeah. you know, in this, this time frame, you know, having some passive income is a wonderful, wonderful thing. And yeah. so I just want to echo that. Like, yeah, getting a check in the mail just, it, it really did. It did a body good because I was like, well, I mean, I think for us it's a little bit different, right? In higher ed, often, unless you are at a university that's not going to pay you during these times, you know, having side hustles. Well, Dr. K has a lot of side hustles. I just want to point out that she hasn't talked about one of her side hustles at all. And, it's, and she got about 15 of them. <laughs> Don't do but, me like that. <laughs> But yes, yes. I'm side eyeing you too, and because we didn't know about this children's book, I got a child. I could order a book. <laughs> I don't know that she said that. I, I did. I know about it. <laughs> there you go, Doctor K. I don't know how she knew because I don't remember telling, but I probably did. So I got a question. So when does the side hustle become the main hustle? Because it sounds like some of the stuff you do. Mm-hmm is some main income type stuff yeah so i think so the main i think the only time that a side hustle has become a main hustle was during this uh time frame that i had between moving to la and then starting my full-time job um i moved to la in august of 2018 i had started applying to jobs in march of 2018 and i did not get any jobs at all um i started my current role in november of 2019 so a year passed and I was not working in the field. Um, so essentially I still had to pay rent. Okay. Like I still have bills <laughs> and nothing was going to wait on me to get hired in the field. So driving for Uber became a mainstay and doing care became a mainstay. So I had to do those full time all the time. Whenever I had the uh, physical capacity to be outside and work, that's when I was outside. So um, I, in that time of uh, need, uh, because, of, like I said, the bills had to get paid. And then also, I was still traveling. Like, last year, I had a time of my life. I went on five international trips. I went to Tokyo by myself. Um, yes. Like, I was out here. <laughs> um, and so, because I really wanted to still do the things that I wanted to do, I had to make sure I had extra income. So, not only was I paying the bills, but I wanted to make sure I still had fun. Um, so, yeah. So, that was that, – that year – pretty much was a was the only time that this had to become a mainstay for me. Um, but I think 
you know, those things. I think it depends on the person and what they have going on. So I'm single without any children, so I don't have other people necessarily to be responsible for. Um, I contribute to my family and I make sure that they're good. But people that's like depending on me, that isn't a thing. But for some people, it can be like if you're starting a restaurant and you need to make sure that everything is handled, then you want to put all your effort into that. If you have a t-shirt line or you're selling a book, um, you are doing, like I did a campus tour when I first launched the book. Um, so making time to do those types of things. Um, you, you have to figure out strategically when you need to give it your all, when you can take a break from other things. Um, if you need to walk away from a job, um, like when I was starting my PhD, I walked away from a pretty good gig. I just left. <laughs> um, and I had a really awesome full-time position in res life where you know so I wasn't paying for housing and I just had to see y'all later um so you know sometimes you have to make those decisions for yourself and figure out um is it worth it you know is it sometimes the timing may not be right and you'll always be waiting um and trying to figure out when can I do this when I but sometimes you just have to jump like just take that leap of faith and God will help you through it um so I feel like for some people especially if they're trying to get something off the ground and it's new. Um, I wouldn't say to do it in the very beginning. I would say get some time under your um, under yourself to kind of make sure that you understand everything. Ask a lot of questions. Um, find resources that will help you. Even get some like a support team. Um, like I have people that I bounce ideas off all the time. So when I'm revamping logos or coming up with titles, I have a person that I send that to, and he gives me feedback. Um, but find people that can be in your corner to help you through that. And then when it's time for you to launch be prepared um one of the i don't know if you guys know of super um or her instagram is super scent she uh is like this billionaire cosmetic guru now um she she took the time to invest in herself she she did a lot of work and then she just went for it and she had done a lot of trial and error things before like she was selling clothes she was selling seasoning she was cooking like she was on all these things and i'm like what is super about and now she has this thing that she's really in love with she's very passionate about all the branding is consistent um and like just watching her story just like is a really awesome way to see um how your side hustle can become your main hustle so I is that the makeup brand? Is that huh? Super Scent the makeup brand, like the crayon case? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like I follow I follow her on, on um Instagram. Well, yeah. And, and actually, I have a question that kind of connects to what you had just said. So then, is there a moment though that you have to communicate any of that side hustle to your employer? Like, where is the line? Like, do you say, well, no, this is what I'm doing after five or this is what I'm doing on my personal time. So I never have to communicate that. Like, what advice do you have with folks who are maybe um, who have a passion, but they don't really know how to navigate that with their full time employer? That is a really awesome question. I actually um, had a situation like that a couple years ago. So um, the institution I was at before my supervisor actually wanted to begin her own um, Oh, I guess it was kind of like a nonprofit, but essentially she was looking to do something in the community on the weekends, and she was really passionate about it. And so I helped her come come up with the. So I was helping her to come up with the logo, um, the branding ideas, like uh, her uh, strategic plan, like all this stuff. And then she said that she had communicated with the institution, and I thought to myself, why did she need to do that? Because this is her business. This is off hours. This doesn't have anything to do. It's not going to um, interfere with anything she's doing from eight to five. Um, but she said that there was a like there was kind of like a clause in her in their contracts based on the institution that she had to say that she would be doing something outside of work. 
And I said, okay. And so I supported her, tried to help her get through that process. And then she just decided that she didn't want to move forward. And so I, I personally thought that that was not a good idea on her part because she could have really, by this point, she probably would have had three years of the organization. You know what I mean? So she could have, if she, by the time she's ready to retire from the institution, uh, she could have been moving into a full-time thing with her nonprofit. Um, but per, my pers I feel like for myself, so I can really only speak to my experiences. I'm not telling anybody about my side hustles because they don't have anything to do with the institution that I work for. Um, but I do think when it is your, like, let's say, for example, you work for a restaurant and you want to start your own restaurant, that could be an issue because you, they may think that you're trying to steal their customers or you're stealing recipes from the company. So there's like a fine line, right? Um, but if you are working in IT and you decide to build an app, you're using the skills that you already had. And you are not, I feel like you probably aren't doing anything that's gonna interfere with that business. So personally, I would say that you don't really need to tell anyone that you have a side hustle if it's not, if it's not in a clause. Like if there's not some type of um, what's that? I forgot what that word is called. Um, Non-competing. Is that what's called? Right. Um, yeah. So like if you're not doing anything that competes with what they're doing, then I think you're okay. Um, but I'm not a business guru and I, I don't know everything. Um, but you know, once it's time for you to leave and you decide that you want to move into that full time side hustle, like making your hobby or your passion your full time income, um, just you know, be respectful to people. Let them know enough time, um, like a two week or a month in advance that you're leaving. But I don't think you really owe anyone anything, especially if it's like a large company, like um, you know, any type of Fortune 500. Like they got enough people that's gonna come after you. <laughs> They're not worried about you. <laughs> See, at my institution, we have every year we have to fill out a form that talks about um, second employment. And so if we have mm -hmm. additional employment, we have to fill that out. Um, if we, especially if it's any employment that is kind of close enough to what we do. So, for example, I, I do assessment in student affairs um, at an HBCU, which is very foreign. Um, so I'm kind of like, almost uh, in a sense the go-to person when it comes to student affairs assessment at HBCUs and so that's part of my my consultant is um, working with HBCUs and so mm -hmm. it's a kind of a fine line in that but yeah. at the same time um, I'm with you I mean this is after hours what I do it just so happens that I'm doing what I do at work after hours with other institutions mm -hmm. on a larger scale yeah I get that well, because I know where I am, they do have that clause. And so that's why I wanted to kind of talk to you about that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I felt really bad when my supervisor decided not to move forward with her organization. Um, but I think, you know, it's a personal decision. You're going to, who you know, where your loyalties lie, where your energy lies. Um, I, you know, she's older, like much older. Um, she, I don't think she really wants to fight the system as much. I think she's, you know, comfortable with the income that she has. She doesn't have any reason to to have to have a second income. Um, I just think she was interested in wanting to try to pursue it. And when she made the decision not to, I said, okay, that's cool. I'll spend the rest of my time working on what I got going on because I got plenty of other things <laughs> to be putting my energy into, so. How important do you feel or think that like the level of um, passion a person has or is about their side hustle? Do you feel like there has to be a level of passion in order for you to have a side hustle or create one or not just create one but to sustain one and I'm thinking about how you kind of mentioned your um, your supervisor 
you know, you all went through all these countless hours of trying to do things and get them together. And then at the end of the day, it was like, oh, yeah, never mind. Yeah, I do think there needs to be a high level of passion um, and commitment uh, and dedication. Like you really have to be committed to this other activity because, I mean, most of us, if we work in a regular eight to five, by the time you get home, you're tired. You want to sit down, you want to have dinner, you want to bed out and watch your favorite show on Netflix. You're not really interested in doing something else. So it's easier to sit and watch TV. Um, but when you're passionate and committed to this other thing, you're going to put the time in. You're going to spend the hours creating your logos, going back and forth with colors, titles, fonts, um, trying to figure out what you want your social media platform to be, how you're going to connect Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, how are you going to roll it out? When you're going to roll it out? Are you going to do a launch party? Are you just going to do a soft thing on Instagram? Um, how much time and energy are you going to put into this side hustle? Like if you're a hairstylist, like how many hours are you going to commit to this? If you are um, doing t-shirts, are you going to build a website? How are you going to do this? Like I know a person who doesn't have a website. He just sells t-shirts up the back of his car. I don't think that that's enough, right? Like you, there's, it's going to take more from you um, to really create something that's going to be sustainable like if you want to do something that you kind of put your time into every now and again totally fine that's a hobby um but if you want to have it to be a sustainable portion of income and it's something that you can count on that's always going to be there you have to put the time in and you can't just play with it like it it i mean it's a second job it really is and it's and then especially if you're trying to launch like a larger business like if you want something that like to supa's extent you want to have this beauty empire um you have to put the time in so that you can build it to be as big as you uh foresee it to be so like some people some i i really feel like a lot of people when they're thinking about things that they're interested in they kind of see long term okay i want this to be just a small thing or i really want this to be a big thing and then i think that's how you start to see it, their passion for it and their commitment for it based on how much energy they put into it and what their vision is for it. So like, for example, if you wanted to do, um, like Dr. K mentioned, the consulting, there are some people who just want to do consultations once a week, a couple times a month, and they're okay with that. But there are some people where they want that to be a full-time gig eventually. They want to be asked to come out and be paid large dollars to come in and speak to companies or speak to institutions. So you have to put in more work if you're trying to get to that level. And I just feel like if you don't don't put that in um, and do that consistently, then you're going to see yourself um, in situations where that's not bringing you any money or you start to resent it and you don't want to put any more energy into it. So you just have to kind of figure out within yourself early on how how big do you want to see this turn? How big do you want to see the side hustle turn into? Like, do you want it to be a big thing? Do you want this to be a small thing? Um, and then you kind of figure it out from there. I think you make a good point when you, when you kind of talk about hobby versus side hustle. Because I think mm -hmm. especially in higher ed, you know, for example, working in housing, you probably making depending on where you at, somewhere between thirty to forty five thousand, and you want more than that, right? And so you say, well, I, I enjoy, you know, doing hair every now and then. So now I'll make that my side hustle until mm -hmm. I get enough money to do whatever I want to do. So when you look at hobbies versus side hustles, what kind of advice would you give people in terms of? you know, are you doing it just so that you can say, you know, get money to pay off credit cards? Or are you doing this as part of an income where it's consistent, like you talked before? 
I think to kind of make the um, the differentiation between the two is, are you doing this hobby in your free time or are you doing the side, are you making time for the side hustle? So I think the intentionality is where that piece comes in and figuring out which, which is which. Um, and like, for example, like, especially with right now with the runner going on, like people are really hurting right now. There are a lot of people who have been laid off. They've been fired. Um, they don't have additional resources. Um, like I have a friend who is a full-time nursing student. So he was already not working before this coronavirus situation. Um, and now with, uh, he, and his side, his side hustle was being a trainer. And since we're supposed to be social distancing and he can't be in person, now he has to, I suggested to him that he should figure out a way to um, move it digitally. So trying to do classes online or do live um, or to do meal plans and things like that and to be able to sell that virtually so that you can still have some factor income. But his response was, I haven't thought about that. Okay, N not a problem, but I have and it's not even my business. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so I mean, I, you know if you if you're interested in making some extra money because we don't know how long this will last and and diversifying your, your income having several streams of income is super important regardless of this situation let's start thinking about this now so that when you come out of this when you go back to being in the classroom and you don't have time then you can let this happen on its own and it can work for you in a passive way but he wasn't even thinking about it like that. So I think that really um, people have to really think about that. Like if I want to do this just for fun or just for play or if I want to do this for real. And like for me, like, like let's just talk about how I do hair. So for that particular business, when I, especially when I had to switch from a, to a new location in a much bigger city with a brand, I had to start completely over with my clientele. I put in the time to revamp my Instagram. Um, I revamped the email address that everything was going to. I made sure that I did some promos. So I did free hairstyles to get people in the door um, and to work by word of mouth. I had all new flyers. I redid all the pricing and had those available to people. I ordered business cards. Like I had to redo everything. And I could have simply just used all my old stuff. I could have just done that and that could have been okay. But I really wanted to have something that looked more professional. It was up to date. It competed with the prices that were out here in LA. Like I had put in the time and that paid off because now even after I've transitioned to a full-time job again, I still have those clients from before. And so when I need some extra money to pay for luggage or pay for a hotel or pay for Airbnb, I have the extra money coming in on the side that I wouldn't have if I hadn't put the time in before. You're such a boss. <laughs> I was thinking, I was like, man, she over here with the all the side hustles. <laughs> and, and, and there's side hustles that make sense. Yeah. And, and work, you know, coincide together almost. Yeah. And I think, too, like, I am not the most. Um, so people think that millennials and Gen Z are the most tech savvy because we grew up with this stuff in our hands. But that's not true. Like, a lot of people don't actually know what they're doing. So, and I am the first to admit, I like, even for my own podcast, like it's taking me forever to get everything off the ground because there's just so many platforms that you can put it on. Um, there's so many ways that you can do this. And I'm like, every time I turn around, I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't want to even deal with this. So, um, I really feel like you have to think about what are you good at? What can you monetize and how can you keep it monetized? So 
like I eventually want my podcast to have like sponsors and I want to bring people on and I want to be able to travel and do large events with it. But I can't do that if I don't get it off the ground, if I don't start building um, a fan base and things like that. So even for myself, like I have to kick myself in the butt for some of my side hustles because, <laughs> because it's yet another thing I have to work on. But there are some people who um, I've met uh, through different um, avenues out here who are starting um, apps. So if you are good with technology, how can you get an app going? Um, if you are good with graphic design, how can you build a clientele base that you can, like literally, especially for graphic design, everything is on social media at this point. So everyone is looking for some type of graphic to go with their event or whatever it is that they're launching, if they're doing products, whatever. T-shirts, you, if you can, if you're a graphic designer, you literally should never not be working. You should always have somebody trying to come to you for something, especially if you have really awesome work. Um, and then, like we were talking about the books earlier, I'm looking for a graphic a graphic artist um, who can do the. Um, I'm doing a children's book after I finish my dissertation. <laughs> I'm going to do a children's book about traveling as well, and then after that, I'm going to do another book. But for the children's book, I need someone who can do the pictures for that. I don't draw. That's not my avenue. That's not my ministry, and I know what I am not good at. So, <laughs> so you know, just finding things that you can capitalize on and really go for it. Um, if you want to start a, a a clothing line, I have a friend who wants to do a, a clothing line, and he has a very particular, um, I don't want to give away his thing, but he has like, this very particular thing that he uses in the clothing to make it stand out from other people's items, right? And he keeps saying that he's putting all this energy into it, but I haven't seen a flyer. I haven't seen a social media account. I haven't seen a website. I haven't seen you at local events in LA selling this product. Like you're not getting it out there. Like I, and I just, I personally, I don't operate that way. Like there's a lot of things that people can do and monetize, but some of them are not pushing it. They're not putting in the energy. And so I think that's what, like the question earlier, like that's when you start to see, is this what you're really passionate about? Or just something you just want to talk about, and I don't, I don't have time to talk with you. I'm working, so <laughs> like let's <laughs> let's all get on the same. That's page. not a shirt. That's <laughs> a whole shirt. Great. I ain't got time to talk Listen, to you. I'm working. Gave you another shirt. You better, you better take it because Dr. K had that shirt made and wearing it next. <laughs> and you know I will. <laughs> so yeah, so. Citation. Again, I don't have time. For, okay. Oh. <laughs> Look, you got the recording rolling back. Um, right. <laughs> but, no, but no, I do think it's important. Like I always try to be around people who are um, also who also have entrepreneurial endeavors. But I try to I try not to overexert myself into what they have going on. Um, but at the same time, I want to push them. I want to see everybody be successful. But I, but so that to some extent, you can't do other people's things. You can't do it for them. So if somebody is not putting in the work, pull your cell phone out and focus on what you have going on um, because you can get lost in other people's things. Like I, I mean, I've literally listed to y'all a lot of other people that I know who are doing things, but they're not, they don't have anything tangible, Mm -hmm. nothing visible that you can take from what they've got going on. But all of the things that I have going on, there's some type of imprint on the, on the internet or in my files, like I've put something on paper, I've created a plan and I've strategized how I want to see this move forward. But there are people who aren't doing that with their side hustles, they're just letting it be a hobby. And that, um, I, I could preach, I'm done. Let me not. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I have a question. 
like where where does this drive because like you have a drive like I pretty much have never heard of like it's, it's bananas right so like where does this type of drive to like continue to do to be innovative to kind of think outside of the box like where does that come from like what what is the genesis of that I feel like I just want to know Ooh, that is a really awesome question um so I think it's twofold. Um, I would say the first part of it is my, the, so my mother and my brother were the triangle offense. Um, we all have these things that we're very passionate about and things that we want to do on our own. So we are all entrepreneurs. And so in my household, this is what I'm surrounded by. Like we are always trying to do and create. <clears throat> uh, and then I think because of, um, my childhood and my experiences, like I've moved a lot. I've been moving since I was five years old. I lived in six states. Um, I went to four high schools. So um, I have been been around the, the, the states. Like I've done a lot. And so, and I've seen a lot. And so I think because um, of different situations and experiences that I've had and I've seen when I'm without, I try to make it so that I don't have those experiences moving forward. So if I can provide my own income, regardless of anybody else being in control of that, I'm going to find a way to do that. That's dope. That's dope. So one thing I heard you talking about, I wanted to mention to you really quickly before we um, come to an end. But so you mentioned your podcast and you wanted it to be about travel i'm not sure if you are in um there's a group on facebook i just recently joined it's called black women travel on facebook there's about fifty nine thousand um women in there and so i just was thinking in a sense yes <laughs> and so i just was thinking in a sense of um you know you stated where you pull your your audience from i think that would be awesome an awesome awesome place for you to drop that gem Wait, so do you before have we podcast title, you got a pod. I just want oh, to say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sunshine, do you have a podcast title? Yeah, the podcast title is Everything Under the Sun. I like it. I like so it. So it's a play on my nickname, um, and it'll actually it basically covers um, relationships and dating, travel, and um, academics. I love it. Yeah. All things that go together. <laughs> just make it <laughs> <state> that. <laughs> you know, Dr. Williams, that's a I'm thinking of the, the space that um that Dr. Lewis mentioned that that may be a really good place for you to um sell your children's book. I mean, these are yes. these are people who are all about the travel. My sister's in that group and she like loves it and like mm-hmm. she is a traveler at heart and it's and it's, you know, like a lot of people, she can't travel and so that's like killing her soul. So that's a that's that's something once i get this new once i get the second edition of the first book done i'll put that link in there and then i told myself even though like i could spend the time to write the children's book right now i'm trying to pace it um pace myself and everything that i have going on so i said after i defend the dissertation then i'll start on that project um and then i'm also going to do a third book before the end of the year um and so I just think, and one thing I do also want to say, like we talked about balance and time, I think it's important to not feel like you have to get everything done today. Right. Um, and not to overexert yourself, not to make yourself too exhausted um, or to burn out. Um, and so I had to make realistic 
decisions where like I really wanted my the second edition was supposed to come out at the beginning of this year that was a goal but life happens things have changed and I pushed it back until the end of April because like I said I really want to get this dissertation done and I just need to really focus on that so taking your taking um time to reassess refocus write things out put it on calendars I think will help people kind of manage things that they have going on especially if it's a side hustle and not your your main full-time gig and then as soon as you get that doctor in front of your name it's gonna look a lot more different <laughs> and the price is going up <laughs> hey, got to <laughs> oh, I know all about that got to, <laughs> got to go up well, Sunshine, you have dropped a lot of gems on us today, um, and we are going to ask for you to drop just a few more before we close. Um, so we do, Black Women Voices, we have a Goodreads list, and we also have a Black Women Voices uh, playlist on Spotify. So what types of books um, are you, or what books are you reading? Of course, plug your own again. Um, <laughs> are you reading um that you feel are some great reads some good reads and then what type of music is um speaking to you right now okay so i don't have the titles of the books in front of me right now but um, i'm reading michelle obama's book and then tanache Coates' book the most recent one i think it's like water dancer or something like that yes. don't quote me but y'all can edit that whatever the title of those two books are um is it becoming, and, and it, becoming? Say it again. Becoming. You said Michelle Obama. Yeah. Michelle Obama becoming, and then Tanache okay. Coates. The, the book is like over. Like I'm looking in my house. I'm like the book is right over there, <laughs> but I can't see the title. Um, and then as far as music, I pretty much so I have like a dual R&B vibe, and then my hip hop ratchet side. So on Sundays I'm listening mm -hmm. to Jacquees, and on other days I'm listening to Meg The Stallion. So. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> so, uh, some days I like to be in my field, and then other days I need to twerk it out. Um, so, so yeah. So that that's who I'm listening to. I, I'm serious. Um, and then especially with, um, with being in the house all day, like I'm still trying to get my workouts in. And I do like um, some different things within within the house that I can, like my jump rope or um, you know using your body weight to work out. And so those are the people that are kind of motivate me to get my. My workouts on the mega site will have you in any mood to get you moving. So, <laughs> so yeah. that's a fact. <laughs> it all. <laughs> and then one last question: um, What does this podcast, Black Women Voices, mean to you? Black Women Voices means to me a space where Black women are able to come together and share their experiences and their opinions um, in a positive way. Um, and then also to really give them a platform to just speak. Like, I think there's a lot of opportunities that um, are taken from us. Um, and that shouldn't be the case because we're very educated. We have a lot to say and we are very resourceful. And I think that people can definitely learn from us. And I think that this is a great opportunity for people to be able to do that. Um, and I think it also is a great opportunity, like just even before the recorded piece of this, the introductions of everyone and just figuring out where everyone is, um, is a great way to continue networking. And so I really appreciated that space of, um, of availability from everybody and like who you are and where you're coming from and why you all chose to do this. So I just really appreciate this, this opportunity. We do, we do. 
Thank you, sunshine. You <laughs> yes, yes. You're such a ray of sunshine. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Black Women Voices. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Black Women Voices. Until next time, be safe.